0: What's going on family? My name is Aaronton Smith and welcome back to podcast in this episode you will hear me bring a message entitled no one else is coming Encouraging the audience to be influential among those who are known and also those who are unknown Although this message was delivered to a group of professors chaplains and pastors at a ministers conference I'm convinced it would be a blessing to you and your household grace and peace fam. Uh, My name is Aronson, Aronson Smith. I, um, like I said, um, I'm a chaplain at a federal prison, um, but I am originally from a small town in Indiana known as Terre Haute, Indiana. And uh, I moved around a bit, moved around a lot. And I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia with my brand new wife. Brand new. Yes. I've been married for about eight months. And, uh, I mean, I'm a rookie to this. So keep me in prayer (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But my wife Gabrielle, uh, due to her busy schedule, she was unable to make this meeting, but she does send you her regards. And, um, I've been on the chaplain. I've been a chaplain for the past five plus years, like they said in the introduction, I started off as a sports chaplain, uh, continue as a hospital chaplain, and now I face the toughest ministry field I've ever had in my life as a chaplain at a federal prison and the reason why I find it so tough is because it in other forms of ministry I've had the people I was serving they've had some spiritual support outside of me outside of the chaplain's office they had spiritual support when I was a youth pastor the young people they had parents they had uncles they had a head pastor uh, when I was a hospital chaplain the people, the inmates, I mean, not the inmates, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the patients, <laughs> the patients, they had support outside the chaplain. They had family members, they had pastors, they had leaders and loved ones, but in a, in a prison context, what I've learned is a lot of times the chaplain, the chaplain the only spiritual support an inmate might have, the only, and I find that to be a, be a tough thing at times. And uh, I'll never forget when I first started working at a federal prison, I was, um, I was working on late night. I was working on late night and um, no, one, no one was there. My supervisor wasn't there with me. And I was new to working alone. I got a call on the radio from a lieutenant and the lieutenant said, hey, uh, chaplain, we got an irate inmate. I need you to talk to him. And me being there alone, I'm like, man, you know, I, <laughs> I responded with a bit of fear. I responded kind of slowly and I went to the to the lieutenant's office. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And he saw that I was a bit nervous and he pulled me aside. He said, Hey young chap. Hey young chap, I know you're new to this. I know you're you're new and you're getting used to this environment. But guess what? No one else is coming. He said, You're all this inmate has. He said, if you don't talk to him, no one else is gonna talk to him. Chaplin Smith. No one else is coming and that stuck with me. So this morning I'm going to preach a message entitled no one else is coming mm-hmm. because we just finished. Uh, we're not really through a pandemic, but some say we are, but, but we just got through a pandemic and fear has swept our nation like never before. And guess what the hands and feet of Jesus, the body of Christ is all this world has no one else is coming to church. Mm-hmm. Anxiety and depression is at an all time high, and no one else is coming. Now, I'm preaching a message entitled No One Else Is Coming. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts chapter 1, verses 8. No one else is coming. No one else is coming. Uh, when you get there, just say, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got got it. it. All right. <laughs> Acts chapter one, verses eight. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Allow me to paint a narrative picture. <laughs> Jesus had just died. But yeah, on the third day, on the third day, we know he got up with all power and glory in his hands and when he, when he got up from the grave, we know, he did not immediately ascend into heaven instead. We know that the Bible shares with us that he spent about 40 days on earth and during that 40 days, he spent some time with his apostles. He spent some time with those whom he loved for 40 days. And after that 40 day 40th day, he is about to ascend into heaven. But before he ascends, he leaves one last message, one last word, one last message. And that is the message of Acts chapter one, verses eight, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria until to the end of the earth. There is so much to this text so much I've heard and I've read so many different interpretations and applications to this passage, but at the end of the day, I think we all can agree that this passage is encouraging the reader to spread the gospel, both to those who are, from who we are familiar with, but also to those we are unfamiliar with, but before the mission of spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth, Christ emphasizes to the 12 apostles that they need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The first part of this text says but you will receive power when the Holy spirit has come upon you. We must remember this is the Genesis of a movement. This is the start of a revival and Jesus told his disciples not to do anything. Don't leave Jerusalem. Do not start anything until you are empowered by the Holy spirit. In other words, Jesus encouraged his apostles, not to start the movement, into that until they are empowered by the spirit of the movement now i'm not sure if anyone's willing to talk about it but this morning i'm gonna talk about it due to a bad representation Amen. of the holy spirit a lot of us preachers and teachers we just don't like talking about the holy spirit now yeah. i understand our reservations I, I really do i understand we do not have time for what many would call charismania but when we refuse to talk about the importance of the holy spirit We are not protecting our parishioners. We are actually hurting them and if being empowered by the spirit of God was important to the 12 apostles who walked and talked with Jesus. It has to be important to the modern day church today. The Holy Spirit, he, he empowers the Christian to do many things. He he empowers us to do ministry. And today I'm just going to focus on two things that the Holy Spirit empowers us. Uh, Often when talking about the Holy Spirit. We only talk about signs, wonders, and miracles, and yes, that is a beautiful thing, but along with signs, wonders, and miracles, the Holy spirit also empowers us to testify. In fact, anytime we see one being filled with the spirit of God in scripture, it is almost immediately followed with a wonderful presentation of the gospel. Every single time we see someone being filled with the spirit, they then share. The gospel effectively. I can prove it to you. Acts 4.8. Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit and preaches to the rulers that Jesus is their only hope for salvation. Acts 4.31. The disciples are filled with the Spirit and they speak the word of God boldly in the face of severe persecution. Acts 9.20. Paul is filled with the Spirit and he immediately begins to preach in the synagogue. This trend continues in the book of Luke John the Baptist being filled with the Spirit proclaims the coming of the Lord family and friends when you see the Holy Spirit being active you also see the spreading of the gospel perhaps the reason for a lack of church growth is due to us hindering the Holy Spirit did you know that 95% of our church growth isn't really church growth Mm -hmm. did you know that 95% of church growth is one Christian moving from one church to another. Family and friends, are we really seeing so, are we really seeing souls saved? Are we really seeing people born again? Or are we just competing for the same old Christian soul who's been serving Jesus for 30 years? <laughs> friends and family, it's time to be about the mission of God but we cannot be about the mission if we're not if we are not empowered by the Spirit of God. Oh, brothers and sisters, it should be our desire to live out a ministry empowered by the Holy Spirit so that we can preach the gospel effectively and win some to Christ. The second thing I want to hit on is that the Holy Spirit also empowers us to persevere. He empowers us to keep going. When we read Acts 1.8, we must keep in mind who Jesus is talking to. Jesus is talking to a group of people, the 12 apostles who would regularly be thrown in jail regularly be persecuted, beaten, stoned, exiled, some beheaded, and some crucified. (laughs) These 12 men regularly went through persecution. but for some reason, for some reason they had the power to keep going. Some reason they never gave up. I'm convinced it's because they were empowered by the Spirit of God. Preacher, have you ever felt like your life's work was a waste of time? Mm. Teacher, have you ever felt like your teachings are just falling on deaf ears? Do you know what it's like to work, to work and work and pray and pray and pray and feel like no results are taking place? Oh, brothers and sisters, you are not alone in this. Welcome to the fellowship of the unashamed. You are not alone, but we cannot allow the enemy to make numbers a priority. Please catch this. We did we cannot allow numbers to be our goal. And if you don't hear anything I say this morning, hear this. Success is not a number. Success is faithful labor. And it is the Holy spirit that empowers us to be faithful in spite of the difficulty that ministry may bring my brothers and sisters. I'm urging you to be faithful. I'm urging you to persevere professor. Be faithful, chaplain, pastor, be faithful, husbands, wives, be faithful. But in ourselves, we cannot do this. We cannot be faithful. On our own. You know, when you read the Bible, it seems as if people of faith have a hard time of being faithful. We are so prone to fall away. We are so prone to give up about the spirit of God. We're able to persevere and keep going. You know, I've, I haven't lived long. I'm 26 years old. But one thing I have learned in this short life is that I ain't the one making this thing work. And I'm not the one keeping this thing together but it is the Holy spirit that is keeping this life. He's keeping the ECA and he's keeping this movement known as the church together and alive and relevant church. We gotta allow the Holy spirit to keep us going. My family and friends, I can hear our ancestors singing. I can hear our ancestors singing, not by might, nor by power, but by the spirit of God. You see, as spirit filled people, we are a little bit different. We're a little bit special. You know, we have a legacy of other spirit filled believers that we can stand on their shoulder, but we have a legacy of spirit filled believers that have gone before us. And guess what? They were perfect. They were, they were gifted in the art of perseverance. I'll remind you of the faith of Harriet Tubman who would sing before I'll be a slave, I'll be dead in my grave. Huh. She was faithful in her mission. She went back to the plantations, not one time, not two times, but 13 times to free God's people in spite Of her life being endangered day in and day out, she was faithful. Why? Because she was empowered by the Spirit of God. Mm. I'm reminded of the faith of Martin Luther King Jr. In spite of being denied a place to study, an Orthodox seminary, that is. In spite of being denied a place to study at an Orthodox seminary, because of the color of his skin, he was faithful. In spite of death threats, in spite of his house being attacked, in spite of being thrown in jail, he was faithful. Why? Because he was empowered by the Spirit of God. I'm reminded of the faith of the Reformers. Yes, the Reformers. In spite of threats and pushback from the Catholic Church, the Reformers were faithful. Why? Because they were empowered by the Spirit of God. I'm reminded of the beloved church fathers. Athanasius to truly Mm. all the scene. They were faithful in establishing and defending sound church doctrine. Mm. Mm. Why? But it's it's because they were empowered by the Holy spirit. And again, I am reminded of the 12 apostles. We read about in acts one. I remind those guys in spite of death threats in spite of watching their brothers and sisters die for the sake of Christ. They all found themselves faithful to. The end, why? Because they were empowered by the Holy spirit. Can we continue to the next part of the text? These 12 apostles were all empowered to be faithful and empowered to spread the gospel, to be witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria. And to the ends of the earth. So the 12 are commissioned to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. I found that interesting. I really do because the 12 apostles, the Jerusalem area was, was kind of like home base, Jerusalem was the home base for the Hebrew faith. This was the home base for the, the Jewish culture. Jerusalem was where everyone gathered for Passover. Jerusalem was, was where the temple was located. This was home. He said he witnesses at home. One of the greatest failures we can make is to get so caught up trying to impact the masses that we forget to impact the few at home. How often do we serve and love others, but forget to serve and love those at home? How often do we pray for marriages, but forget to take our wives on dates? How often, it. how often do we share the gospel With those we are serving, but our family at home, our children have no concept of the gospel and love of Jesus Christ. We must teach and we must lead our families and those closest to us just as passionately as we lead anyone else. Not just that, but we must also remember ourselves. Acts 1-8 is encouraging the reader to share the gospel with those we are familiar with and unfamiliar with. What happens when we are unfamiliar with ourselves? What happens when we have no concept of who we are? Mm. Why we are that way? Because we are so tired. Ministers, I know we don't like to talk about it, but we get exhausted too, don't we? Mm. It's important to take time for self care. It's important to preach the gospel to ourselves. It's important that we take time to rest in the work of Christ. It's important that we take time to rest in the work of Christ. I'm going to pause here for a little bit because you know, I'm convinced that if we can't rest from it, we might be a slave to it. And when I look at the children of Israel, It seems they had a very hard time at following the commandment of just taking a Sabbath, but have we ever considered the fact that they were enslaved for over 400 years and what that slavery could do to their mindset? Hear me, they were living lives where they were defined by what they can produce they were defined by what they did could it be that's why you see the Sabbath reminds us that we are not to define ourselves by what we do and what we produce but the Sabbath should remind us that we are defined in the finished work of Christ and we don't have to work as hard and work as much because Christ did the work for us on the cross. That's why it's easy. That's why I'm sorry. That's why it's important that we take time to Sabbath and to rest. Go and witness to your Jerusalem, go and witness to your family, go and witness to the people closest to you because no one else is coming. The writer of acts one, eight also encourages the reader to witness in Judea. You must remember, Judea was the southern part of the Palestinian area. And inside of Judea, you actually have Jerusalem. Inside of Judea, you actually have Gethsemane. Inside of Judea, you have a lot of the the places where the disciples failed at. Let's think about it. Inside of Judea, you have Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the place where Christ was crucified, yet abandoned by his apostles. Inside of Judea, you have Gethsemane. This is the place where the apostles were supposed to stay up and pray, but those brothers fell asleep. Mm. Not just that, but this is the same location where Peter attempted murder. Mm. Remember he tried to cut the guy's neck off and missed it and hit the ear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not only is this area, their religious home, but this is also the place of their biggest failures. This was an area where people were not only familiar with the apostles whims but also familiar with their losses. This was a place where they may have felt ashamed to return back to unqualified to serve it. They failed many times. Christ sent them to witness in the places where they failed. I can only imagine Peter hearing Jesus, tell him, Hey, go and witness in that Judean area. Yeah. I can only imagine Peter saying, Hey, I just, I just tried to kill that guy. Mm. Mm. Jesus. I just, I just denied you. Not once. not, to, I just denied you three times. This is, this is, this is where you want me to witness yeah. family and friends. Don't ever let your past corrupt your future. Man. Oh, man. And God yeah. does not base our potential by our performances. And the places we fail do not define our lives, nor do they, nor do they define our ministry. Our failures, and mishaps should cause us to lean on the power of God instead of our own personalities talents and gifts God has called us to Judea in spite of our failures I'll never forget when I first started as a chaplain in hospital I was terrible I was not good I was an intern hoping to get a full-time residency I was a 23 year old seminary <laughs> And I just couldn't relate. I, I didn't really have any family members at that time. I hadn't really experienced any family deaths at that time. Um, I, I just wasn't the most gifted chaplain. And I would often say foolish things. Very awkward, very awkward. And I would, I, would, I would be, I would find myself so frustrated. I'd say, you know what, this is just not for me. I might as well just go back to sports chaplain, you know, play basketball and football. For the rest of my life, because this is not for me. For some reason I just kept going. Maybe it was the Spirit of God, I'm not sure. But 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 I just I just found myself feeling like a failure early in this ministry. I just I just I just couldn't understand it. And and I was I I was frustrated, I felt unqualified, I didn't feel good enough, I was insecure, I, I just didn't feel like I was making a difference. That's just when I his own call. I found myself in in an emergency room with a a lady, uh, an older lady, who lost everything in a house fire. She lost everything, including her grandson, who was paralyzed from the waist down. She lost everything. I, I didn't really know what to do or say in this situation. One thing I did learn at that time, is sometimes the best ministry is a ministry of presence. That's right. So I just sat there. I held her hand mm-hmm. and she said, hmm, you got the spirit of my grandbaby. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant. So I just held her hand and stayed quiet. Ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. She began to hum, just these, these just humming this song. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know the song, but she just kept humming mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And I said, I think I, I know that song, and I said, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And we began to sing at the cross, at the cross. <clears throat> and that was a moment where we just sang. And it brought healing and comfort, not just to her, mm-hmm. but to me, the family, and the staff members that were there. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel good enough. But in that moment, I realized, we serve a God. Whose power is made perfect in our weakness yeah. Yeah. so go and witness in the places where you feel unqualified go and witness in your judea because no one else is coming no one else is coming mm-hmm. jesus continues first commissioning us <laughs> to be spirit-filled <laughs> then to carry the gospel to jerusalem that's their home base mm-hmm. And then to Judea, this is the place of their failures. This is my favorite part. And then he tells them to preach to Samaria. Samaria is the place of the apostles' greatest prejudice. He said, go witness to them, go talk, go, go be present for them. Go be a chaplain to Samaria, which you got to understand is Samaritans and Jews had no dealings with each other. I don't know how y'all would call it, but in my context and my culture, we call that beef. They didn't like each other. They didn't like each other at all. In fact, Jews wouldn't even go through the land of Samaria. And you gotta understand, Samaritans were half Hebrew and half Assyrian. You know, it was it was it was it was a very complex situation. And um, for years, the Samaritans and the Hebrew people. The Jews, they would go back and forth, kind of tit for tat. The the Samaritans would get one up on the Jews, the Jews would get one up on the Samaritans and they would just go tit for tat, tit for tat, going back and forth. In fact, Josephus, the historian, he writes about a time when the Samaritans broke into the Jewish temple and scattered dead bones all over the temple, thus making it unclean and defiled, stopping temple worship for a period of time. So for the 12 apostles sharing the message of the Messiah with the Samaritans, this would have been socially groundbreaking, socially groundbreaking and very uncomfortable in order to spread the good news to the Samaritans, the 12 apostles would have no choice but to get out of their comfort zone and to dive into a culture that they were unfamiliar with. Dive into a culture that they were unfamiliar. You know, the need to remain comfortable is one of the greatest reasons our Christian communities remain divided today. And in an attempt to remain comfortable, what we often do is we push a simulation. We push a simulation so we'll spread the gospel and say, in order for this gospel to really work in your life, you need to change up a little bit. You need to dress this way. You need to walk this way. You you, you you need to, you need to sing this way, a simulation. We want all of us to look the same act, the same walk, the same. And it's, it's, it's interesting because they did this in the Bible in Acts chapter 15. Don't you remember when, excuse me. Don't you remember when the, the, the Jews wanted the, the Gentiles to get circumcised in Acts 15? They they wanted to make them as Jewish as possible, even though they were Gentiles, a simulation. The leaders of the church put it into this, and this allowed the Gentiles to be able to worship and serve Jesus in their own culture, in their own way. You see, Acts 15 is a picture of how we should deal with racial relations. We ought to celebrate the cultural diversity that is in the body of Christ. And what I like to say is God didn't save me to remove my own sin-stained culture to put on someone else's sin-stained culture. And so when going to Samaria, let's allow them to practice Christianity the way Samaritans were meant to practice it. Hear me out. Uh, As long as we agree on primary doctrines of Christianity, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone, let's not allow secondary issues to divide us. Instead, we ought to celebrate the cultural differences and allow those differences to complement each other instead of divide each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In order to bring the gospel to Samaria, the 12 apostles would have had to be comfortable with social uncomfort. Mm -hmm. Life begins at the end of our comfort zone. In racial relations also begins at the end of our comfort zone huh? we are better together no one else is coming yeah. so again the apostles are first told to wake down the empowerment of the holy spirit and then sit to be witnesses in jerusalem home base judea the place of their failure samaria the place of their greatest prejudice And then to the uttermost parts of the world, the uttermost parts of this world. This is the place of their biggest uncertainty. This is the place where they have never been. In fact, really, no one has really gone to the uttermost parts of this world at this time, especially Jewish people. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to spread the gospel to the places no one has gone. Do the things no one has done for those that are being ordained and licensed and endorsed this weekend. Go and do the things that none of us have ever dreamt of. Young preachers, dream big. Have a ministry without limitations. Just make sure it's for God's glory alone. Reach those who no one is reaching out to. Did you know that 3.23 billion? people live in unreached people groups and they don't have no access to the gospel of jesus christ let's band together and reach them Mm. did you know that there are 210 million people that cannot read the bible because there is not a bible in their language let's band together and let's reach them so for the people of my under the sound of my voice let's band together and reach the unreached because no one else is coming and I'm crazy enough to think yes, I am. That, that, that perhaps someone who's being ordained today, someone who's being licensed today or endorsed today might be the one to reach that 210 million people who don't have Bibles, who don't have scriptura. I'm convinced that there might be somebody in this room that might do something crazy enough to reach the 3.23 billion people that don't know Jesus, no one else. Is coming where all this world has mm. many commentarians would say that acts one eight is ultimately God's promise to bless our nations through a restored Israel. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know that all nations have been blessed by Israel through the coming of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the coming of Jesus Christ. He is the greatest missionary. You see Jesus, he left his perfect environment. Mm-hmm to reach those in this room, including me mm-hmm. and, and everyone in this room, the Bible describes as children of wrath, spiritually dead. Okay. Now the issue is is it's just not our, our sin. It's just not our behavior, but the issue is our nature. By nature, we are sinners and enemies of God. Romans five. And so we, we, we got a bigger issue. It's just not behavior modification. But it's heart transformation. That is the work of God. And so by God's standards, we deserve the cup of death. We deserve the wrath of God. My sin, I should be burned with. I'm guilty, filthy, and stained. But I have a God who took the cup and drank my pain. God, he came and he died on the cross. And he's on this cross and he said, father, father, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, he became us. He became the sin of this world. He who knew no sin became sin and he got my sin. And, and, and now the people in this room, if you have put your trust in Jesus, you get his righteousness. Mm-hmm. That's right. So Christ made us his mission field. Christ is a missionary in himself. Amen. And if you are in this room and you do not know Christ, as your Lord and savior, repent and trust in Jesus. And mm-hmm. you might find it odd that I would get up here and look at the face of a bunch of preachers and teachers mm-hmm. and tell them to trust in Jesus. Have y'all read ChristianToday.com? You know, we live in a culture where you can do a Christian empire without God. Mm-hmm. You know that? Yeah. And, and so, so, so please don't take offense. It's just in my nature. If you not, have not, put your trust in Jesus All right. and for those who are born again, it should be our desire to see the same redemption in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria that you once received in yourself. Mm-hmm. It should be your desire to make the world your mission field because Christ made you. His. Mm-hmm. If you are in this room and <laughs> you just need to reconnect with God, if you just, if you're in this room and maybe you're burned out, Maybe, maybe, maybe if you're in this room and you just, you say, you know what? I've allowed my ministry to go from a ministry to just a job and I've lost the ministry aspect of it and I'm just wanting to get a paycheck. This is for you. If you're, if you're in here and you just need to be empowered and refreshed by the Holy spirit because you're exhausted you need the spirit of god to help you persevere if you any of those things please stand i'm not going to call you up to the front we just want to pray heavenly father i thank you for those standing and those who are not i thank you for your mercy your grace everything you've done everything you're doing and what you will do heavenly father breathe us. holy spirit we welcome you into our ministries we welcome you into our lives and we ask that you would do what only you can do. God, we ask that we would have ministries that would see people be redeemed Mm -hmm. and connected with you. Not just that, but God, I ask that you would, you would bring in our ministries to our families. I also ask that you would, you would minister in those places where we don't feel good enough pray that you would heal our insecurities. Pray that you would be present for us in the times when we feel alone. Not just that, but we ask for unity in your body. Bring us together, God. But change our hearts. May our hearts be in line with you and not our own pride and egos. God, today we come to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.